Welcome to God's Not Done With You podcast. In this season of interviews, Pastor John Metter talks with everyday people whose lives parallel some of the amazing comeback stories in the Bible. Pastor John and his guests will show us how God can take any situation in life and bring hope and victory out of hardship. Well, this is John Metter, and I want to welcome you to our, our podcast, God's Not Done With You. And if you're following along with the book, God's Not Done With You, you'll know that we're going chapter by chapter through that book. Of course, the book is about great comeback stories in the Bible, and the Bible is full of those great comeback stories, but they're very, very real life. And uh, those stories we see in the scripture are mirrored in people's lives today, and it's quite interesting to uh, know some of the people that have come to my attention over the years uh, and that we get to highlight in this book. And so with um, that introduction, uh, I want to introduce you to a couple of people who are known as Jeff and Diane in the book. And uh, so we're going to let them stay as, uh, as anonymous as they want to stay. But uh, some of you may know this couple. Um, I certainly uh, have known them for years and years and have just really enjoyed watching God work in their lives and watching their faithfulness, which is a big deal. Uh, life is a long game. God is in it for the long haul. And uh, because of all that, we have to be in it for the long haul. So the story uh, of Joseph is the story that we're focusing on today. Joseph is one of my favorite scriptures uh, and characters in the Old Testament. He faced incredible dysfunction family challenges. I mean, his family was as dysfunctional as you can imagine. Imagine having uh, 10 older stepbrothers, all of them who hated you. And imagine losing your mother at the birth of your younger brother. So as a young man, he lost his mother. His father loved him. We know Joseph as a man with a coat of many colors. That's the favor of his earthly father. But all those brothers hated him. You know the story. They they hated him for being a dreamer, for um, actually prophesying. They, they later learned to find out that they would bow before him. And so all this was... Uh, melting together, and they, they threw him in a pit when, it, when he came out to see them. They sold him to slave, tra- slave traders. He ended up in Potiphar's house, falsely accused, put in jail, forgotten there for two years. Finally, because of his ability to hear God and interpret dreams, he stands before Pharaoh, interpreting Pharaoh's very unusual dream, and then he becomes second in command of all of the nation of Egypt and rescues Israel. So it's an incredible story. It takes up almost 14 chapters in the book of Genesis. It's amazing. Well, I happen to know people whose lives sometimes mirror the ups and downs of that kind of adversity. Um, They're roller coaster ride lives sometimes. And uh, the couple I'm talking uh, to today, Jeff and Diane, uh, have had some roller coasters in life. First of all, let me just say, welcome, Jeff and Diane, and thank you for being on the podcast. Say hello to everybody. Hey, John. Thanks for having us. Hey, John. Thanks so much for having us. We're glad that you're here with us. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time talking about this. And I've asked you to think about uh, some answers to the following questions. These questions are questions that everybody has in life. But one of the, in that question, those questions are, what can you tell us about the various types of adversity that you have faced in life? You faced it from several angles, some family, some circumstantial, uh, Jim, even you had some health challenges that were pretty life-threatening. So just talk for a minute about some of those challenges. Yeah. Well, I was the uh, only son growing up with four sisters. So early on to me, that would have been my definition of adversity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but 
Not, not really. Uh, I love all of my sisters. We're very, very close now. But we did grow up with a lot of adversity. Um, the, the hardest one for all of us was my, ba- my dad uh, was terribly abusive, physically abusive to my mom. So we listened to that and, and actually saw that a lot. Um, but just as a side note, uh, God uses adversity in so many ways. But now me and all four of my sisters are very, very tender hearted. And so a lot of times God does that through our adversity is, is softening our hearts. And the adversity feels like it's pulverizing our hearts. But um, he has done a deep work in all of that. But because of my growing up in that type of situation, I grew up very, very insecure. I was very, very promiscuous. And then later on, I was very irresponsible as an adult, as Diane can tell you some of her adversities. Yeah, I've struggled in my relationship with my mother um, because of the so many ways that she mistreated me growing up, and it made me feel very um, unloved, um, un, unaccepted, really. And um, I just struggled with that for a long, long time. And um, she would uh, call me names, things like that. But anyway, I would go to school at times, and after having had in the morning uh, <laughs> her talking to me ugly about the way I looked or, or what I had on or whatever, and um, I would go to school, and I would run into friends, and they would say, oh, you look so cute today, and that kind of thing. And I would think, uh, no, no way, you know. And um, even after we married later on in life, I remember going through pictures of me uh, when I was younger and just not believing that that was me because I had such a horrible, um, insecure <laughs> opinion of of my parents, you know, how I looked and all that. So that was uh, uh, really hard for me as I was growing up. You know, you know, when I talk to people who have been through those different kinds of scenarios that you're describing, um, they do carry some of those wounds through life and they do have uh, incredible uh, self-image challenges and self-security challenges. They're insecure sometimes. Uh, uh, you've named you've named a number of those, and and I know right now, even as I speak, that the listeners who have heard you talk so far are already interested in what you're going to say because they're walking through those right now. And I know, in some senses, those kind of challenges never end. But I also know that we learn to handle those. That God equips us uh, to handle those. He helps us uh, relearn who our true identity is in Christ and we have to learn those lessons that we are actually who God says we are and not what our past says we are that's right and um, I can I can just see that Joseph went through all those things too I mean imagine being in the pit and having the 10 brothers nearby eating a meal talking about whether to kill you or not mm-hmm. I mean that can't help anybody's self-image right <laughs> so so he's he's dealing with those kinds of things and I'm I'm a firm believer that God put that story in the Bible to help us know all right, some of those greatest heroes in the Bible have walked through those same kinds of things. And often at the end of those challenges, God elevates them to places and positions in life that are just almost unimaginable when they're in the pit. 
So when you were in the pit, and when you were in those tough times that you began describing a few moments ago, how did you see God intervening in various places and times? Uh, just talk about that a little bit. Where did you see God show up in those dark spots? That's an interesting question, John. God uses so many things. Sometimes it's circumstances, which has been true in our life together. But mainly, He has used people um, in those times when we were really, really under the gun. Um, <clears throat> sometimes God uses people that we consider to be our enemies at the time. He has done that in several of our situations. Just like you mentioned Joseph's brothers. I'm sure a lot of that time he felt like they were his enemies. I mean, literally, they were out to kill him. But in my life in particular, um, God saved me when I was 36. <clears throat> and shortly after my salvation, I had never had healthy relationships with men. They had always been unhealthy. But right after that, God just started putting men in my life. One of them uh, <laughs> is a builder. He builds homes. Uh, he was a friend of mine. And I started working with him. He did not know my story because we had not lived in close proximity for a while. But one day as we were eating lunch, and it had taken me a couple of weeks to work the nerve up to tell him my story because I was sure he would reject me. But I told him my story, um, and he just looked me straight in the face, and he said, so? And I said, so what? And he said, I still love you as much as I ever have. And so God used him that day in an amazing way. And then over a period of months, I just started observing him and his walk with God, and it had a massive impact on me. And John, that was about the same time, right after God saved me, when you became part of our lives and over a period of time started mentoring me, uh, teaching me so much about Scripture and the ways of God. And... Uh, <laughs> really teaching me a lot about God as my father because I had not had a good relationship with my father. So anyway, it was you that really taught me all of that and then walked us through so many situations. And there's a, I mean, there's just a long list of people. Uh, the biggest intervention was in 1980 when God brought me Diane. Uh, Diane started showing me unconditional love and taught me so much about the love of God through that process as well. That's, that's amazing. You know, I know, uh, I know that builder you're talking about and I know that wife you're talking about and, and uh, <laughs> I, I can see how that all worked together. And I, I just want to point out to those listening, sometimes when you can't see God and you can't hear God, God is speaking and working through other people. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, that's just part of what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to work uh, with God in loving people and encouraging people, representing God to other people, just being ambassadors for Christ. And, um, and so when you tell that story about that builder, I know exactly who you're talking about, and I, I know that smile that he gives. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's a, great, a great human being. And, he uh, is. And yes, I know you and your wife and your story. And yeah, we really don't realize how big of an impact we have on somebody else, how desperate mm -hmm. people need to be loved and, and encouraged. So you watch God 
um, intervene into adversity with the encouragement of people, right? Right. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, <clears throat> when you when you think about that and all that's happened since that time, so how has all that adversity caused you to, to view God's silence or to view God's justice? Um, because all of these things happened to both of you at these various times in the past. Uh, and I know in my life, whenever things weren't going well, I blamed God for a lot of it. And I was just angry at God. God, you could stop this. Because I knew he could. Uh, but for some reason he didn't. And, and I was mad at God for a while. So uh, I had to grow through that. But how has adversity caused you to view God's silence or God's justice? Well, that's been the really hard part, especially for me. Um, because when I feel like God is silent, it causes us I start to doubt him and then when I have doubts I can become fearful but um, walking through all of this really the only option we have John is just to learn how to trust God I can remember way back uh, after Jeff was <laughs> uh, saved and God uh, changed his life, um, I can remember him saying, well, really our whole life, even before that, he was always fighting to to um, break the stronghold that was in his family. And um, I've watched that happen over the years. Um, it's been a, a privilege to watch, honestly, and um, to see God change him through forgiveness and um really bring him to the point where we could say that they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So I've watched that process. It's been incredible. And the justice part, John, uh, sometimes I struggle with, but uh, justice really means to be treated fairly, and, and justice flows out of God's holiness. And because God is holy and righteous, if he uh, were just toward me and gave me what I deserve, I would end up in hell. But because of his justice and his righteousness, he sent Jesus to die in our place so that we can trust him, follow him, obey him, and uh one of one of the verses that God, one of the verses you know you hear about the verses that jump off the page. One of the verses that literally jumped off the page to me about a week after God saved me was Ephesians five eight, and that is you were once darkness. It doesn't say you were in darkness. It says you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, and that's what. God's justice and his righteousness has brought into my life. Amen. Amen. Sounds like to me, Jim, you're trying to horn in with the gospel here a little bit. <laughs> That's perfectly acceptable on my podcast. We talk about the gospel uh, a lot. I love, I love that idea that you, she brought up, you know, you know, if, if it was God's justice that we got, we wouldn't, we wouldn't deserve anything. No. And, uh, but we don't think about that. You know, when we're going through life, we just think life is unfair and God is yeah. unfair. And, and we don't know anything about fairness and justice. But 
But in the end, God has a way of balancing out all the bad experiences with uh, this line that we find in the 50th chapter of the book of Genesis. I call it the 50-20 principle. Yeah. Where Joseph said to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And, uh, and I know you brought that up a moment ago. What does that phrase mean to you now? You kind of alluded to that a moment ago, but what does it mean to either one of you now? Well, to me, the sovereignty of God is written all over that verse. Again, you just have to go back to Joseph and his brothers, how they were so against him, wanted him dead, and went through all of those hard times to only become like the second in charge of Egypt. That, that from prison to that, that that's God's sovereignty, um, and God is in control in all places at all times. He certainly has been in our life. Another verse <laughs> that we love in Ephesians, Ephesians 1, it says, God works all things according to his will. It's not according, a lot of times it's not what we want. It's the opposite of what we want, but it's his will. And so again, we have to learn to, to rest in that and, tr- and trust him and what he's doing. Um, I was reading something last night that, Dennis Jernigan's wife wrote, and I was going to, I thought it was so good because it's so much how I feel. I'm going to share that if that's okay. I have known the chisel of God's mercy in my life, faith and endurance in times of failures, hardships, physical ailments, triumphs, and victories. And that so much sums up to me, (laughs) our life. And um, I've, I've always told our children that our story is, one of God's sovereignty to restore and sanctify life. And their dad is a picture of redemption. And um, Beautiful picture of redemption there, yes. I can definitely see how God meant it for good, and um, I'm very thankful for that. You know, sometimes it's, it's not until we get a little further back in, uh, at the further into life, I guess. It's not until we get further into life that we look back and see some of those things. And that's part of maturity is living long enough to see the goodness of God in tough times. I mean, I think so often people just don't have endurance, but the Bible says throughout it, uh, fear not and endure and stay calm and trust and all those commands are there because we don't do them very well. We yeah. need to be reminded. But um, that's that's what I see in life. As I get a load or I look back and I go, yeah, yeah, God was in this all along, but I just wasn't trusting him through nearly all of it. <laughs> And if I was trusting him, it was reluctant trust. Yeah. And that's really how I learned to trust God was because he had carried us through so much adversity that eventually over a period of years after he saved me, I could face adversity from the beginning and say to myself, I know we can make it through this because God has brought us through so much and he's not going to stop now. Right, right. It's not going to stop now. You know, my favorite song these days is uh, uh, The Goodness of God. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a psalm anyway, but it's it's one of those songs that just keeps echoing in my mind. And Mm -hmm. uh, one of those lines is that His grace just keeps running after me. Yeah, it's true. I I love that line because no matter where I am and no matter how easy or hard life is at the moment, I know what's behind me here. His grace is behind me, propping me up. His grace is behind me to direct me when I'm willing to listen to him. And uh, people need to know that. If they knew that that was behind them, running after them, 
they'd be able to be a little bit more faithful. So with that, let me ask you this question. What advice would you give to those who are facing adversities? Maybe they're tired, maybe they're worn out. Um, but from your own perspective and your relationship with God, what advice would you give? Well, um, we were talking about this earlier. I, I just think that we have to remember that his ways are not our ways. And we have to trust him in those dark times, you know, when we can't, we can't navigate it <laughs> and when he's silent. Um, the other thing that has always meant a lot to me is just to remember that his way is perfect and he never works as I think. It's always in a way that I could never orchestrate or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And um, that um, most important, I think we have to choose forgiveness because it's really not a, it's something that God commands us to do. And um, that we have to release that the other person or whatever situation you're in from mm-hmm. uh, what you, however they hurt you or or whatever. You have to release them and choose forgiveness as Joseph did <laughs> with his brothers, his family. So, um, yeah, for me, John, um, adversity can be exhausting. It almost always is, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, but from a practical standpoint, this is extremely hard to do, but I would just say as much as you can, when you're walking through adversity, try to rest, just get some physical rest, which is, can be impossible at times, but also stay focused, uh, not on the adversity because a lot of times I tend to focus on the problem, on the people that are making me crazy. And I can really get out of sorts doing that. So my advice would be to focus on God and on His Word. And a lot of times we don't want to do that. We, if nothing else, though, if it's just one, you read one verse that day, just one verse, anything, just stay focused on God and His Word. Mm-hmm. And then, like Denise was saying, rehearse God's faithfulness because we can go through whatever's coming up because we know God's already brought us through that. Um, the best advice, though, that I have seen lately, I can't remember the author's name, but it's from a book called God's <laughs> Not Done With You. <laughs> yeah, some obscure guy. Yeah, Y'all can look up the author. Just look up God's <laughs> Not Done With You. But the best advice uh, is in that book, and this is what it says. When it seems you are completely forgotten, God remembers. Sometimes we must simply wait Learn to trust mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. I like that line. That's a pretty good like one, isn't it? Line. Somebody really smart yeah, I wrote that. Every, I just can't remember who it I is. I think everybody ought to buy that book. Uh, that book, really, it wasn't written until I knew pretty well the stories that aligned with the Bible characters. Uh, and God's Not Done With You just kind of helps you walk through that. There's all kinds of ways you can walk through that book. Uh, on my website, uh, johnmetter.com. There is a, there's a page about the book, and it also has videos that you can download, uh, questions that you can answer in small groups, just different ways to work through it. But uh, my guests today have been fantastic. They're longtime friends. They're known in the book as Jeff and Diane, and, uh, and they have lived through adversity, and they have lessons to tell you. So uh, thank you so much for coming on with me today, and I have a feeling that I'm going to call you again to do another one on the issue of forgiveness uh, that's coming up all over and over today. People have great interest in how do I do that? People yeah. have so many 
hurts so much. Yeah. Yep. So much devastation in their lives from other human beings. They may not have gone through a bad yep. circumstance, but yep. they went through a bad relationship. And it's just so hard to let them go. And I know that both of you have worked through that. And But anyway, thank you so much for coming on with me. And yep. uh, we'll look forward to visiting again. And I hope that you who are listening to the podcast by God's Not Done With You, I would, would stay in tune for the rest of the sessions that we'll be dropping week by week over these next few weeks. So thank you and God bless.